Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm here in Augusta for episode 176. Guy, where are you at the moment? Salford, Manchester. <laughs> right where I want to be. Nowhere I'd rather be right now. To be um, it's been, I want to tell you about the last couple of days, Guy. I want to tell the audience because it's been a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Obviously, it's the Masters week. It is. The most ex- possibly the most exciting week of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the golf course yesterday. I saw the par three course. I saw many and many a star player. And I also walked the entire golf course. I I am jealous. And I might have had a few beers. Well, I think you did because you started off since episode 176. That's 177, Rick, actually. So I will pull you up on that. Uh, But yeah, you are over there for what I can only imagine is probably the the week of a lifetime because not only are you at the masters for all the days this is arguably the masters that i feel in my lifetime and you might correct me on this but it feels like the one that is arguably the most competitive that i can ever remember yeah no i I totally agree it's it's been really interesting again being on the ground and seeing the live players because effectively i think there's 18 of them in the field of 89 players so it's a huge chunk. I mean, there's a there's a high percentage chance that a live player might win this this mm-hmm. week. And it's been really interesting. I've seen absolutely zero animosity from the crowds to live players. Wow. From what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I've also, I don't know if you picked up much on TV yesterday, there definitely seems to be a real mixture this year of practice rounds of live players, PGA players, even the par three tournament, there was, there was live players and PGA tour players choosing to play with each other. Um, it's, it is interesting. There is definitely a hype. There's an excitement. There's so many players hitting incredible form. Um, you know, you can't really ever look past Scotty Scheffler at the moment. I, I, well, I'll tell you what, let, let me, let me just go through very quickly what I saw yesterday. Um, I think you start one step earlier. Tell me why it's like you're at the Masters. Now, you've been before. Obviously, I've never been. 
probably 99.9% of people watching, listening have never been, and let's be honest, might never, ever go. What is it? I've been to the Open several times. Like, I know what that's like. What is the Masters actually like? Tell me everything. It's heaven on earth. <laughs> it is, honestly, Guy. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't. It is everything. And I'm, when I say everything, once you arrive on property, and by the way, listen, I've been invited this week very nicely by Mercedes-Benz, and we actually get to go into the entrance of Magnolia Lane. Insane. So we drive in, and as soon as you cross that line, as soon as you pass that sign that says Augusta National members, members only, every single blade of grass, every leaf, every branch, every um, every single element of the of the property is perfection. How they do it, I have no idea. Well, isn't How it meant many... to be on quite a normal main road and then Magnolia Lane's off it? Like, what's that it's, even like? It's such a... It, I mean, Augusta itself is actually quite nice. We went to the town even last night for a couple of drinks. It was quite quiet, but it's actually quite a nice town. Mm. And the main road outside Magno, outside Augusta... Um, oh, God. People are going to kick me because it, it is a famous name, but I can't think what it's called now. I don't know if it's called Magnolia Drive or... What kind of road? Is it then like a, a busy dual carriageway or... <laughs> As you know, in America, as you know, in America, every road is big. So it's about a four to five lane road outside. I think it's four lanes with a with a road, a lane in the middle for uh, helping traffic come in and out. Um, There's shops, there's petrol stations, there's um, bars. Now, whether these were here when it all started, I very much doubt. Mm. I think these have all developed because of the of the location. Uh, there's not many properties there's not many houses there's a few scattering around and typically those houses are massive and they are typically um hijacked for hospitality this week so the owners of those houses obviously cash in every week as they as they give up their the keys to their house for either hospitality or uh, entertainment or whatever it may be but down that road you've got uh, you've got restaurants you've got bars you've got hooters where famous <laughs> john john daly is there every day I don't think I'm going to pop in there this week. I'm not. I'm not sure after our podcast talking. Get in there, Rick. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd be welcome. Um, but th- there's lots going on. It's a very busy road. And then as you drive into Magnolia Lane, or even just getting onto the property, if you're driving by a car or a bus or whatever, as soon as you cross that line, it's like you're in the most tranquil. Um, out of it doesn't match up. The main road and inside the property just don't match up at all. And as you get in, you've got these beautiful places. Um, and we're, we're in this really nice hospitality house, which is just on the side of the 10th hole. And actually at the back of the house is an exact replica of the 18th green. What? That you can put on. That you can put on. The same oh. speed, the same undulations. Um, so me and okay. Seb, who I'm here with this week, Seb Carmichael Brown. Uh, so it's me and Seb here with Mercedes. Uh, we had a little putting challenge yesterday. Guy, they're the fastest putting greens I've ever, ever, ever even thought of. Like imagine, imagine fast greens. Yeah. Times it by 10. <laughs> That's how oh fast they are. Oh my word. So we had a little put on there. That was pretty cool. Um, had a quick drink. And then, and then obviously Wednesday was the practice day in the Par 3 tournament. So we headed out to the Par 3 course, which by the way, this year, the end of last year, sorry, once it had been played last year, they basically blew the whole golf course up and started again on this Par 3 course. So I, I, I'd never seen the Par 3 course before, so I don't know what, what differences it is. But it is 
packed, yeah. rammed full of patrons. Um, it, it's a very different crowd to other um, championships as well, other tournaments. So let's say the Open. Uh, obviously, you've been to the Open many times. I'm sure lots of our UK listeners have, have been to an Open, hopefully. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mixture of crowds of golfers, obviously. It's um, quite a lot of, I would class as non-golfers there, though, mm-hmm. as well. You know, hospitality, they might have been treated by a certain brand or whatever it may be. So there's a real scattering of non-golfers, I would say, at the Open as well, which is great for the sport. I don't think you get that here. I think every single patron, everyone here is a hardcore, passionate golfer. Yeah, Everyone's dressed in golf attire. Again, that's at the Open. You don't really dress in golf attire, do you? You can wear what you want. Here at the Masters, everybody is is wearing attire. Every, uh, a golf attire. Everyone is carrying around a, a see-through Masters plastic bag because they have raided the merch shop, mm-hmm. which I'm yet to do. I, I'm planning on doing that either today or tomorrow. And don't worry, I'll be bringing plenty of goodies back for you and the boys. Of course, thank you. Um, so everyone's walking around with these bags. It's very relaxed. It's very tranquil. Yesterday, you could take a little digital camera in with you for still images for personal use. Okay. Um, so videos and things not to be used. Obviously, I was potentially looking at trying to do a little vlog in there yesterday, but I was not going to risk getting my hand slapped by Augusta National. So I just decided to enjoy myself. Um, you'll love this one. Obviously, <laughs> no mobile phones. Yeah. It's hard. How for do me you cope? First. How it, do you cope with that? I have for the first hour. I have serious withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> Serious withdrawal symptoms. You I'm checking Twitch a lot. I'm checking my pockets all the time. I'm, I'm, and guy, I need to talk to people. Of course you do. I have to communicate because I've got, I've got, I can't <laughs> use my phone. Um, so we 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 got a shuttle into the because um, we're staying about 15 minutes away. We got a shuttle in, so we met a few of the guys that was with us as well. And again, looking around the par three course, I think the very first golfer that I saw was. Let me think who, who exactly was it now? Because they, they almost hold it. The very, very, very first shot that I saw. I've got a funny feeling it was, it was, it was John Rahm. It was the very first golfer I clocked eyes on. And I literally saw him hit. I think he was on about the seventh hole and he nearly hold it. It's the very first shot. And it's on a really, the par three course is on a really small area of land. Really? But the way that the bank's work around the greens spectators are filled through it's a it's a it's a spectacular day it, it looks really so is. good obviously i'd love to go to augusta and play augusta goes out saying every golfer surely that's the bucket list golf course but that par three course of watching that thinking i want to play that almost as much it looks insane i'd say what would be a really fun challenge or a fun video to do here you only get one golf ball okay all right and once you lose it the round is over Nice. Because as much as it's a par three course, Guy, there are so many chances that you would put it in the water. It's yeah. scary. Like some of the greens, I mean, there's, I think it was the third or fourth hole. It's like 57 yards because I could hear the players and the caddies. having, And it's a really fun day, obviously. Some, some players have their actual caddies there. Some have wives and girlfriends or sons or granddads or dads caddying for them, which is great. Loads of little kids of the, of the players running around in these... And I must say, Guy, I don't know how they do this, perfectly fitted boiler suits. Yeah. They must give the measurements for every single kid of, of theirs, and they tailor these 
boiler suits to perfection, even for like little four-year-old, like it, it's crazy. Um, so that's a re- it's got a really nice vibe to the place. And again, people are having fun. It was a nice sunny day yesterday. I saw three hole-in-ones. Wow. I saw them with, with my own eyes. Um, so I actually saw Seamus Power get a hole-in-one on eight, followed by back-to-back hole-in-ones on nine. That was incredible. So he had a hole in one on eight. I watched it. I saw it. He had a hole in one on nine. I saw it. What were we thinking in that moment, by the way? When you saw someone go back to back, what what happened? Well, what was everyone saying? The the only thing I couldn't actually see the player hit the shot on nine. Okay. So I didn't actually know it was him again. I knew it was his group, but I actually yeah. didn't know it was him again. So I couldn't I couldn't quite see him. But there would have been people there that would have they would have definitely known it was him that went back to back. So anyway, as we're on, as we're watching the ninth green and we're watching the players come around, it was re- honestly such a nice spot. There was loads of kids with. Um, I'll send you some. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll chuck some pictures to Matt to edit our podcast, and you may be able to throw some of the pictures in because I took quite a lot of pictures on a digital camera. I think that should be okay. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Um, there's, there's there's little areas where kids go with a master's yellow flag and all the players sign it, which yeah. is really nice. Um, again, everyone's. Everyone's really present because they're not on the phone. Yeah. But everyone's present on the on what you are seeing in front of you. And I think that's what's so special about the next four days as well, because you are you'd not have to take a mobile phone in for championship days or a camera at all, obviously. And I feel like again, I, I went in 2018, but obviously technology's come on a lot for five years. That's the one standout feature for me that I was looking around yesterday and just noticing people just being so present, watching it with their own eyes, not through a screen, mm. not through not through checking the phone or scrolling on Instagram, just being so present. It's almost like when you're there and you've not got technology and you've not got access to the outside world, you almost forget the outside world exists. Mm. Like you, you can't even comprehend that anything is going on outside the gates of Augusta once you're on site. So anyway, as Seamus Power, um, the ninth hole is like a, a play-up hole, so the players behind play up. So as Seamus Power was waiting for his, um, was waiting for his, um, the group behind to play, two players hit at the same time, which I didn't know this at the time, so again, I couldn't see the ninth tee box. So at, at exactly two points in time, I heard... And I couldn't see it because it happened so fast, but I was there, kind of was watching. A ball sounded like it hit the flag, mm-hmm. okay? But then there was also another golf ball that landed at the same time that kind of spun off the green. So I was like, what the hell? And in my mind, I actually thought someone had someone had either hit the flag and then it had ricocheted off and spun, spun down to the front. My other thought was, um, I thought that the, the somebody had slam dunked it straight in Mm-hmm. the ball of Seamus Powers, which was still in the hole from his holding one, had jumped out, and that had spun. I, I was very confused. Um, and again, I can't check social media. I had no idea of knowing until I got back. But what I didn't realise, the group behind had Scotty Scheffler in, mm. and he slam-dunked it on the ninth hole straight after Seamus Power had just got his holding one. That's insane. Honestly. So there's two balls going, in the hole at once. Two golf balls in the hole. <laughs> um. It was just, it was just a really fun time. So we, we spent about probably about an hour and a half watching the par three tournament. I saw loads of different golfers. I, I can't probably name them, and you know, I've not got time to name every single golfer that I played. Obviously, Tiger doesn't play in the in the par three tournament. Why um, is that? Probably... Has he never done? 
Well, I think there's two reasons, personally. One, a winner of the Par 3 tournament has never gone on to win the Masters. Yeah. Now, if anybody's going to break that rule, it's going to be Tiger Woods, okay? However, I also think because of the property size of the Par 3 tournament, it wouldn't surprise me if it's almost some sort of, like, safety risk. Mm-hmm. Just be too crowded, people watching him. I think him and I genuinely, around. I think if he played the par three course, I genuinely don't think the par three course has almost got the capabilities, the capacity to be able to house the amount of people that would be around the par three course. Makes sense. I just don't think it so. Would. Anyway, do the players do both then? The, the ones that do play the par three course, then obviously go and have a practice round as well. I take it they don't just do the par three. I don't know because on a, I think on a Wednesday they'll probably go and play nine or hit some golf balls, play the par three course, and then and then finish because the par three course started at twelve noon and probably went on to about four four p.m. So in that time we probably we were there till about maybe two ish, two half two, three o'clock, and then we thought, well, actually the golf course right now is going to be dead. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no one on the golf course. Let's go and walk the entire golf course. And that's what we did. Me and Seb, we walked the entire golf course. And I just want to take this opportunity as well to say um, thank you to all the fans and supporters of the channel who, who stopped and had a chat with me. Um, had a self opportunity because I had the digital camera there. Um, loads of American supporters and fans who, who listen to the podcast, watch the videos, love the channel. Um, it's really nice. I love kind of mean fans that, you know, tell me that I've managed to improve their slice by watching a video or they, they can escape bunkers. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank all the fans that definitely came up and, and uh, come and say hello yesterday. Um, so we walked around the entire golf course. Now, you've probably heard this a million times. You've heard it off me, Guy, and probably a lot of the fans and listeners would have heard it as well. What you cannot comprehend on the TV is how hilly the golf course is. Yeah, I've heard you say that. We walked around the golf course, and, and I'm not exaggerating here, Guy. It was what? It was really, really hot, like really hot yesterday. It was a hard walk. Really? Like a really, some of the hills, are, you know, you're catching your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, so concerns about, obviously, someone like Tiger being able to walk around this golf course in the heat. It, it's a tough, it's a challenging walk. It really is. When you get on the golf course, it is it just it it doesn't look real. That's my really? only way of explaining it. The sand is so unbelievably pure. The tees are absolutely p- perfection. The greens are massive. Some of them, sorry, and some of them are really really small. Uh, sorry, I'm, my laptop's just unplugged. Let me just plug that back in. Um, the greens are outrageously undulating. The rough is non-existent. Like there's hardly any rough, but not really. I mean, honestly, it's like it's hardly anything. I would class it as like semi-rough. Right. Um, but you go from fairway to semi-rough to pine straw. Mm. So really you've got to hit fairway or you've got to be just off the fairway. Um then so we walked the entire golf course. Um we took opportunities to kind of, you know, have a look at iconic holes around Amen Corner. Um, tens. I just want to talk about ten quickly. Tens the massive dog leg around the corner to the left, outrageously downhill. Like it's massive downhill. And I saw something on twelve, which is a sneak insight to how. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Buster looks as good as it looks, okay? Mm-hmm. So on the twelfth hole, the par three, the famous par three over the little the the burn, the raised creek with the bridge, and it's a beautiful hole. And uh, on the practice day, there must have been players played that morning because there was a patch of grass that was probably about two yards deep and maybe ten yards, uh, probably seven yards wide. Okay, where the teeing ground was that day, where where loads of divots had been taken place by the players who had played and practiced that day. Okay, yeah. Augusta National didn't like that. It looks too messy, obviously. So as all the players had finished and the, most of the patrons were starting to walk off and head head home, there was loads of green keepers out on the golf course, like a scary amount, Hun- like hundreds and hundreds, cutting all the fairways and everything else. So I stood there on that 12th, and I was thinking, what are they doing here? And they had this little machine that I've never seen before. And he starts it up, and he revs it up, and he's rum, 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 right? And it's going along... And quite simply, it's almost like a, 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 how can I best explain it? It effectively is a slicer that slices about three inches deep and about half a foot wide. And it gets dug into the grass and he went across this grass and effectively cut in three goes going side to side. They cut out that whole section of grass. Right. They cut it out. It, it was, was gone. gone. So now it just looks like sand and it looks like soil underneath. So they, they took it out and I'm, I'm asking the guys, what are you doing with that grass? Because that would look quite nice in my garden. <laughs> <And> some <laughs> nice Augusta grass. I was like, you need to get that stuff on eBay. 
what I didn't notice on the side of the greenkeeper's um, truck was rolls, and I mean rolls. I've, I've got pictures. I'll put. I'll hopefully put them in this podcast. Rolls of um, brand new turf. Okay. Oh my word. So they just dug this turf out, and then they rolled brand new turf in that same area, and they patched it up. Guy, I promise you on my life, you would never, ever, ever have said a golfer has hit from that spot that day. So it's like a literally new tee, essentially, a new teeing area. It was perfect. It was perfect. But it wasn't big. Like I said, it was about two yards deep and about seven yards wide. But I was like, oh, my God. I've never seen anything like it. So they must do that on every single par three that on the practice is, round. Is there any part of it? Obviously, it looks and it sounds incredible. With that being said, is there any part of it that almost feels a bit too kind of fake or... Like, does it just kind of work in that environment, if you know what I mean? Does it almost feel too pristine and almost a bit almost like Disneyland? Or does it just feel like the golfer's mecca? It is, it's Disney for dads. <laughs> and mums and kids. But um, I don't know. Because there's such a mystique around it. Like, if yeah. I wouldn't have seen that, I wouldn't have known. True. And only, probably, there was probably only 20 people around at that time, probably looking at this. I mean, we, we've just revealed some secrets here on the podcast exclusive but um it just yeah, it just doesn't I, I don't know how they do it i don't know how they do it everything is perfect i'll tell you what as well you'd really appreciate ball washers food outlets <laughs> ball washers <laughs> the food outlets unbelievable mm. unbelievable organization like and I, and I mean that the organization is so bloody slick like everything's stocked up the drinks are already been poured you, you get greeted like really nice like hospitality again american hospitality hi sir nice to see you if you want some food you head into that lineup and it was sorry about my american accent but like that their their service was exceptional it was really really quick you've seen online and on it's the food is unbelievably cheap yeah like you can get like a pimento sandwich or an egg sandwich for like 150 dollars, which is hardly anything a couple of beers, probably about three or four dollars. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So I didn't stop. have that Shields, yesterday. Mate. I didn't have that many. I needed water and hydration. Um, the toilets, again, this is crazy. Just a quick one. The queue for the toilet first was massive. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I, I could really do with it. So I'm stood in the queue. Because of the slickness and the organization and because they've got members of staff in the toilets, keeping the flow going. Telling you, <laughs> Sounds yeah. a bit weird. <laughs> I know, directing you whether you need a number one or a number two. Yeah. But kind of like keeping it going, it was, un the queue went like that. Really? It was, it was just You've so sold well me organized. on the toilets, I mean. They're, they're so well oiled. The, the whole thing is so well orchestrated, orchestrated and oiled and, and it's just, it's just a perfect beast. Um, so we walked the entire golf course. We got to 18, um, actually ended up bumping into Robbie Fowler, um, Liverpool yeah. legend, a little chat with him. He, he actually plays at Wallasey. All right. Well, but if he wants us to say that on the podcast, but, um, <laughs> and then, so we, we stood there on the 18th hole and we talking about how we'd play the 18th hole. Cause that t-shirt on 18 is so tight. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, but just the whole vibe of the day w was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, there's no, it's just perfection. Everyone seems dead happy and, per you know, it, it does sound really, really good, but you can't beat watching it on TV, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Home I, in the cold. I, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. TV no, coverage is, is phenomenal. No, I would no. love to be. 
I think yeah, but, he's got to experience being on site and and yes, and experience the actual magnitude of of the property and the golf course. But you're right, watching it on TV definitely is is a huge factor. No, um, I think I, I jokingly say like, well, not jokingly. I always feel like I'm a, I prefer the Open over the Masters. Not that you have to have a, a preference with the four majors, but we obviously talk about it. And you've joked that your favorite depends on the time of year. In July, it's the Open. Obviously, you know, in in April, it's the Masters, but. I do think this year, I mean, obviously the last Open, the St. Andrews 150th was special and that will that was just something so different with it being again at the old course. It was 150th. We went to St. Andrews so many times last year. It felt like it really meant something to us. But having said that, this Masters does feel different. I don't know if it's the combination of live players, PJ Tour players coming together. If it's the fact that there's literally three guys who are absolute top of the game, there's then a load of guys below that. You've got Hovland, your Spieth, your JTs, etc. Like literally, a friend texted me before saying, "Who should I put a bet on?" I was like, "I literally, no point me saying." There's 30 guys who have had a crystal ball now and saw on Monday they've won. I would not be surprised. Like this feels different this year. This feels bigger. Uh, and what I've loved as well, and I feel quite strange saying this as a massive Tiger Woods fan. I love Tiger Woods and I love him in every major. I want to win as many events, majors as he can. But I do sometimes think leading up to a, a major, there's a lot of hype around Tiger, rightly so. And what sometimes slightly worries me is that once Tiger does retire, that terrible day when he maybe crosses the Swilkin Bridge for the last time or whatever he does and he retires, where will golf be? And I actually think this year with Scotty Scheffler, with John Rahm, with Rory, there's not actually been as much tiger talk which actually is quite refreshing i think those three guys are carrying the sport forward well it's only it was only last week's episode when we were talking about who we think win and and almost we actually can't believe we're even saying this almost i I actually forgot about tiger Mm -hmm. i just forgot about he's even playing um so yeah i think it is exciting i think the 150th open last year was was so much about the history and the venue Almost more over. That's almost the bigger story than the than the eventual winner. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Where this year, obviously, it's at the Masters every single year. It feels so much about the winner. It does. It feels so much about who is going to be wearing that green jacket come Sunday. Is it going to be a, a you know a, a Rory McIlroy who who is yet to win? I actually saw him uh, yesterday. He looked like he was hitting it so good. Um, is it going to be Scotty Scheffler that's just gone on this outrageous run for the last two years? Is it going to be a John Rahm who, again, a lot of people are tipping to win a, a Masters? But then you could genuinely, there's 89 players in the tour, in the tournament. You could probably only maybe rule out 10 of them, 15. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. Yeah. I actually had a quick chat to Bernard Lange yesterday. I've got a quick interview. We might pop it in this podcast if the audio is good enough. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I actually asked him the question of, do you have to hit the golf ball a certain distance? And he said, yes. Right. And he said, there are a number of players that cannot hit that distance, therefore will not win round the Masters. Right. But that it's just the golf course. He said he's, he's too short. He he said he carries it about 270, and he's he's too short to really compete here at the Masters. Wow. You've got to be hitting it 300 yards, 290, 300 yards. You just yeah. do. Um, I also had a, a cool flex. I'm not going to re- name names, but one of the best players in the world, someone we've talked about a few times in this podcast, top three player in the world, um, introduced himself to me yesterday. He watches the videos and wants to come on the channel and wants to do a podcast. 
Wow. That's insane. I, my, my head nearly exploded. You have told so me I... off uh, who it is, so I'm not going to ask you questions <laughs> now, but I was very, very impressed at the level of calibre of said golfer. So we have got someone lined up to come on for a te- he wants to do a 10 shot challenge even though i actually think i need to give him more than 10 uh, he needs to give me more of a 10 shot head start um exciting time so that was really cool um we've got obviously we're here every day i'm going to play a bit of golf while i'm here as well um it's just been a fun trip we got to play we got to do a couple of days driving in the rocky mountains these really nice mercedes some incredible cars we got to go to mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta where atlanta united play in like ridiculous stadium um you know it's been a really fun week um i went to a party last night nice i went to Paige spirinac's party very nice got to chat with Paige for a little bit um got to listen to some country music which was fun you're so american um, again, now aren't you had, i had a few cocktails i'm even calling them cocktails now I had a few cocktails um yeah it was, it was really good that was quite a, f- a fun time and then like I say at the masters every day i'm going to pick up some merch for you and the boys i'm going to keep reporting in but i think probably next time i'll be able to do a podcast is when i'm back home and let's lock it in for wednesday morning and i will tell you absolutely everything about a certain exciting moment that might take place over the next few days. I'm very excited. This has been a short but sweet one. We had to get something out. It was good to hear from you. Good to hear what you've been up to. You paint a picture well, Rick. I could visualize myself walking down those furs with you and Seb, putting the world to rights. Uh, maybe next year we will be there. Yeah, and we next we'll year we'll, we'll all be there. We will. Um, but I'm very excited to watch the Masters. I'm excited for you to be there. I'm excited for your exciting thing that we can't talk about. And I'm excited for Wednesday's podcast where we could talk about everything. So... Thank Stay you. tuned, Thanks ladies for checking and gentlemen. In, Rick. It was very, Stay very tuned. good. Short but yeah. sweet. Yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned. Lots more to come. Um, and we shall speak to you next Wednesday, but probably the podcast will come out Thursday. Is that fair, or will it be Wednesday? I think we can maybe get Matt to pull his finger out Wednesday. But we'll see. Wednesday, Thursday. Everybody, put it in your diary. Next Wednesday's podcast. I'm, I genuinely, it sounds ridiculous. My heart's just started racing. Oh it's one days. that you're not going to want to miss. Right, guys, everybody, stay tuned. Lots to come. And uh, Guy, good chatting to you. I hope everyone's good at, back at back at HQ. You're keeping everyone in shape, tip-top condition. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. Later. Hi, everyone. It is Guy here. Rick has sent over the audio of his interview with two-time Masters champion Bernard Langer. It's really insightful. It's only short, but some really good bits in there about the uh, the change to the par three course, the change to the golf course, and also what it takes to become a Masters champion. It's audio only, really. So if you listen to the audio podcast, no issues. If you're watching this podcast video, we've not got any video for the podcast bit, so we'll just put some images up. Hope you enjoy it, and see you next week. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I mean, it's a really exciting time of year, the Masters. The golf course, I've been out there today looking at it. It looks as stunning as ever. You were just talking about how the par three changes and you've been out there and played the par three today. Yet you can't tell there's any changes been made at all. Oh, it's it's brand new. Yet it looks like it's been there for 30 years. Everything is grown in. You don't see anything that looks like, oh, this was redone and it's perfect uh, and and totally different at the same time. How? <laughs> how do they do that? It's like magic. It is. Well, they have uh, experts, uh, green green keepers. They have uh, no limitations in money, I guess, so they can do whatever 
they want and whatever grows fastest. So instead of putting seed in, they probably put sod out. And, and you know, sometimes they have underground heating, underground uh, cooling or sub-air system. They can suck the moisture out. So it's, it's quite fascinating what they have done with the golf course here. Do you think the way that they've lengthened the golf course in recent years, do you feel that it's starting to now favour the much longer hitter or is it still one on the putting green? Well, I think it always favoured the longer hitters, no doubt about it. And if you look at uh, who won the most here, Jack Nicklaus was one of the, maybe the longest hitter in his era. Tiger Woods was certainly one of the longest in the modern era. And uh, it still favours long hitters, no doubt about it. Because if you can come into a green with a second shot, with a pitching wedge or ADA, and you can hit it higher, have more spin and stop the ball, on a very short plateau or, or, you know, immediately. If you're coming in with a forehand, it's not going to do the same thing. And you have more control over distance and directions with a shorter club. So it, it was always that way. Do you think there's almost a minimum distance you need to be able to hit it off the tee to win at Augusta? Yeah, I, I think so. It's getting harder and harder for medium or shorter hitters, I think, to, to win there. Um, especially, you have to attack the par fives. And if you can't reach them in two, then you got to be more than brilliant with your wedge game and your putter uh, to do that. And I think Zach Johnson managed it years ago to, you know, to win the tournament yeah. without going for the par fives. Uh, but that's a, a rarity. I mean, most most of the winners, that's where they make their birdies and eagles. And, uh, you know, try not to, to make too many bogeys. If you can play the par fives, well, you're going to be under par, which is always a great score. In your opinion, what's your favourite hole, Augusta, you personally? And actually, which hole do you dislike the most? I, my favorite was always 13, the par five. And uh, because it's, for one, beautiful for the eye to look at with the race creek, with the flowers and the azaleas and the trees. It's a dog leg left par five. It's a risk reward hole where you can take chances and make an eagle. But if you miss hit it and miscalculate stuff, you make a seven or an yeah. eight. So it's a, it's a big difference. So that's really, has always been my favorite and and there's many many great holes i really don't dislike any of the holes um, i i really don't i think they're all very challenging very different in their own way every green is different there's not two alike so i i don't have one hole that i really dislike is that then i'll i'll rephrase the question then is there a almost a nemesis hole for you maybe not one that you dislike but one in in that you've not particularly played well over the years? No, not, not even that. I mean, there's some holes now that are extremely challenging. Number five, for instance. Uh, number seven has just gotten too long for me. 17 is really a hard hole for me because I don't have the distance. It's you know, the, uphill at Yeah, it's uphill, so the drive doesn't roll where I landed, and then I'm hitting a three or four iron into a green that's designed for an eight or nine iron. And... and that's the challenge I'm facing now. But in my younger days, it wasn't a problem. Top tip this week. Who's going to win it? Well, 
I'm going to give you three names, okay? But that doesn't mean they're going to win. Uh, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and Scotty Scheffler. But I really, and, and I've said that many times, there's 40, 50 guys that can pull this off. Think Tiger can still do it as well? Yeah, I would never count Tiger out. If he can walk, he still has the club head speed to you know, be out there. And we know he's mentally extremely tough. One of the greatest putters ever and he can handle the pressure, so I, I wouldn't count him out. He knows how to win around here. He certainly does. Thank you so much for your time. All the best, and uh, excited for the Masters to be starting this week. Absolutely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.